Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of The Blind Analysis. My name is Tommy Ray Valdez. Lots of fun things to talk about today. First, I want to talk a little bit about the Seattle Seahawks upcoming preseason matchup, the first preseason game between the Seahawks and the Steelers. Then I want to talk a little bit about the AFC East division, and I also want to talk some more exciting Seattle Mariners baseball. So we're going to get right into it by talking about the Seattle Seahawks uh, going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers. That should be a very fun first preseason game. A couple of things to keep an eye on in this game. Of course, the quarterback competition between Geno Smith and Drew Locke. Who has the edge uh, going into this game? Uh, I did hear that uh, Geno Smith has a little bit of the edge right now. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, But uh, both of these quarterbacks will be tested early against a very good Pittsburgh Steelers defense. So, um, you know, we'll see who does a better job in the first preseason game. Uh, But that's going to be a very interesting. um, And another interesting name to keep an eye on in the Seahawks offense is rookie running back Evan Walker. Um, It'll be interesting to see how many carries he gets. uh, But the Seahawks um, drafted him in the second round. uh, Sounds like to essentially replace Chris Carson. So, um, he's obviously going to have a big role in this offense. Um, and uh, I'm just excited to see uh, what he can bring to the table um, and uh, excited to see what he can do out there. So uh, keep an eye on Evan Walker. Um, and uh, also on the defensive side of the football, a couple of names really standing out early in uh, training camp. Uh, Tariq Willen, um, a cornerback that the Seahawks drafted uh, late in the draft, a guy with a lot of speed. Um, and uh, supposedly I heard that uh, he has done a really good job uh, matching up against DK Metcalf so far in camp. So if you could shut down a guy like DK Metcalf, uh, you have to be pretty good. So uh, really excited to see what Tariq Willen can do in an actual game setting. Um, and uh, we'll see what he can bring to this defense um, and another cornerback uh, that has uh, drawn some interest, um, another name that I'm really interested to, to watch is uh, Kobe Bryant. Yes, I said Kobe Bryant. Um, he was another a late-round draft pick by the Seattle Seahawks, um, another cornerback with a lot of potential. Um, and uh, with a name like Kobe Bryant, I feel like you have to be able to ball, right? Uh, this guy will be wearing number eight, so obviously. Um, you know, um, named after the late and great Kobe Bryant, um, and, uh, wearing, uh, one of his old numbers, um, you know, obviously, uh, this, this guy must be confident. So, um, really excited to see what he can bring to the Seahawks defense as well. Um, and, uh, just really excited to see the Seahawks get back on the field. Um, you know, it's going to be awesome. So uh, that's my thoughts on the Seahawks. Now I want to talk about this AFC East division. Uh, This is going to be a very interesting division, a division that addressed a lot of needs um, to get better. Um, So it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, First, you have last year's AFC East champions, the Buffalo Bills. Uh, We know how good this team uh, really is uh, with their quarterback, Josh Allen, um, and uh, with their number one wide receiver, Stephon Diggs. Uh, They have been a very good connection. for uh, these past two or three years now. Um, and I expect them uh, to uh, once again uh, put up some big numbers. Um, 
But uh, Josh Allen has a lot of good weapons. Uh, Gabriel Davis, a very good deep threat wide receiver. Um, Isaiah McKenzie uh, has made some big plays for the Bills as well. And uh, Dawson Knox is a solid tight end. Uh, But the big question uh, with the Buffalo Bills um, is uh, their running game. Um, How good will that running game be? Um, Can uh, Devin Singletary uh, really step up this year? Um, And uh, Zach Moss, uh, very good goal line running back. uh, But can they get some more out of him? And, um, you know, what will James Cook add to this Buffalo Bills offense? Uh, James Cook, um, a running back drafted by the Buffalo Bills. Um, He is Dalvin Cook's brother. And uh, if he is anything like Dalvin Cook, I do expect James Cook uh, to not only play well, but to be a big part of this Buffalo Bills offense. Um, They've also added Jamison Crowder uh, to that uh, wide receiver room as well. So uh, we'll see what he can add to this Buffalo Bills team. So uh, lots of good weapons for Josh Allen. And I do expect this Buffalo Bills defense to be very good again this season as well. They were one of the best defenses last year. um, And I expect them to uh, really play well. So, um, you know, we'll see how this uh, Buffalo Bills team um, looks this year. But, um, you know, I do expect them to be very good. So I now want to talk about the New England Patriots, another team in this division that made the playoffs. Um and really surprised some people last season. Uh, We weren't really sure exactly what to expect uh, from Mac Jones, but he had a very good rookie year, um, and I expect Mac Jones to have another big year. He's got some good weapons um, with the addition of Devontae Parker, um, and you put him with guys like Jacoby Myers, Kendrick Bourne. um, You know, um, that's going to make... um, you know, uh, these wide receivers, uh, very good weapons for Mac Jones, um, solid tight ends in, uh, John U. Smith and Hunter Henry. Um, and what is this running back committee going to look like for the Patriots? Um, you know, can they get another, a big year out of, uh, LaMondre Stevenson, uh, who was, uh, very good at times for the Patriots last season? Um, will we see more of JJ Taylor, um, on the field this year for the Patriots. Um, and James White is always consistent and um, making big plays. Um, so, you know, um, lots of running backs really uh, on this Patriots roster. Uh, but those are, you know, the three guys that are probably going to get most of the work. Um, but, uh, you know, this Patriots defense is going to be very good again this season as well. Bill Belichick always has good defenses. So, I expect this Patriots uh, team to be right in the mix in this AFC East division. Uh, Then you have the Miami Dolphins, um, which might be the most interesting team as far as um, the big improvements that they made um, uh, with this team. Um, You know, defensively, the Miami Dolphins are going to be very good. Um, And, uh, you know, you look at the additions they made on this offense uh, with the addition of Tyreek Hill. Uh, We all know that Tyreek Hill is a very good deep threat wide receiver who can score from anywhere on the field. Um, And you pair him up with Jalen Waddell. And uh, um, obviously that's going to be a solid um, dynamic duo at the wide receiver position. Um, And uh, Mike Gusecki is going to have another big year uh, for the Dolphins as well. Um, And a lot of good running backs on this team as well. 
Uh, they added some big names. Raheem Mostert, if he could stay healthy, that's going to be a very good addition to this Dolphins team. Uh, they also added Sony Michelle and Chase Edmonds as well. Um, and, uh, you know, of course, Miles Gaskin is still there. So lots of good running backs on this team. Uh, but the biggest question for the Dolphins is going to be Sam Tuatunga Vailoa. Uh, can Tua, um, you know, we know that Tua is a very accurate quarterback, but can he be more accurate throwing the football deep? Um, that is going to be uh, the big question for the Dolphins. Um, and uh, no excuses for Tua this year. Lots of good weapons. Um, and uh, this Miami's this Miami Dolphins team uh, looks very good on paper. But can that translate onto the field? Um, you know, we'll find out. So uh, that's going to be interesting. And then you have the New York Jets, um, a team that uh, made some really good additions uh, that I think are really going to make uh, this rebuilding process go a lot faster for the New York Jets. Um, and I do expect um, in another year or two, um, you know, this Jets team could possibly be a contender here in the near future. Um if all these, you know, moves work out. Um, but uh, Zach Wilson going into his second season, um, you know, uh, with high expectations, uh, the Jets have uh, rebuilt that offensive line. Uh, so Zach Wilson is going to be um, protected a lot better. Um, good running backs in uh, Michael Carter um, and uh, also the addition of Brees Hall, um, a running back that the New York Jets drafted. Uh, they are expecting some big things out of him. Um, and you look at their wide receivers, uh, lots of good weapons for Zach Wilson to throw the football to. Uh, can Denzel Mims uh, finally stay healthy and have a big year? Um, can the Jets get another big year out of uh, Braxton Berrios? Uh, can Corey Davis uh, bounce back after a rough year last year uh, for the Jets? Um, and um, can Elijah Moore? Uh, have another big season for the Jets after coming off of a very good rookie season. Um, and uh, what will they get out of uh, Garrett Wilson, um, a rookie receiver that they drafted and they have, they are expecting uh, some very uh, big things from. And um, what will Robert Sala do with his defense? Uh, we know that the um, that uh, Robert Sala um, is a, a very good defensive-minded head coach. Um, and, uh, you know, what kind of improvements uh, would this defense make uh, this season? They struggled last year, um, but, um, you know, what can Robert Sala do um, in his second season as the New York Jets head coach? So, um, you know, we'll see how this all plays out, uh, but this AFC East division looks like it's going to be very fun to watch, uh, but I do think that even though, um, you know, this division made a lot of improvements, I still think the Buffalo Bills, will probably win this division. Um, but I could honestly see maybe two, possibly three teams making the playoffs um, from this division this year. So uh, we'll see what happens. Um, but, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting. So that's my thoughts on the AFC East. Now I want to talk Seattle Mariners baseball. This was a very fun series between the Mariners and the Yankees. Um, game one, the Yankees, uh, really got their offense going. They really broke out the bats in game one. Uh, Logan Gilbert got the start for the Mariners going up against Jamison Tyone. And uh, the Yankees really came out swinging right away in the first inning. Josh Donaldson drives in a couple of runs with a two-run double to give the Yankees an early 2 to nothing lead. Then the Mariners answer back right away in the bottom of the first 
Mitch Hanniger hit the solo home run um, to make the score two to one. His fourth home run of the season and his 100th career home run as a Mariner um, with 105 career home runs overall for Mitch Hanniger, a number 100 in a Mariner's uniform. Uh, that was a cool moment for Mitch Hanniger, uh, but that made the score two to one. Uh, but then the Yankees added on. Uh, Andrew Benatendi uh, really got things going for the Yankees. He ended up driving in three runs in this ball game. Uh, Josh Donaldson really swung the bat well. Uh, he homered and ended up driving in three runs um, of his own in this ball game. Uh, Aaron Judge also hit a home run late in this ball game, and uh, the Yankees they end up putting up nine runs. Um, in this game, Jose Trevino also drives in a run as well. And uh, the Yankees go on to win this game, final score of 9-4. to four. Um, Mariners kind of get their offense going a little bit. Uh, J.P. Crawford uh, walks with the bases loaded. That brings in a run. Um, good to see Cal Raleigh hit another home run. Um, home run uh, number 16 for Cal Raleigh on the season. Uh, and Sam Haggerty continues to contribute for the Mariners. He drove in another run as well, uh, but the Yankees went on to win game one, final score of 9-4, to four. a rough outing for Logan Gilbert, um, and uh, Jamison Tyone uh, really bounced back and pitched well against the Mariners in this ballgame, and the Yankees took game one, final score of 9-4. to four. Um, Game two and game three, very exciting games. I got to actually go watch those games over at T-Mobile Park, and uh, I got to tell you, I had a blast. Um, and game two, boy, if you enjoy pitching, um, you know, that was a great game to watch, uh, for anyone who really enjoys pitching. Um, you know, for any kid, uh, who wants to be a pitcher, um, you know, go and look at footage, uh, from that game and, uh, you will see a pitching clinic, uh, for the entire 13 innings of that ball game. Yes, I said 13 innings. Um, this game was intense. Um, Luis Garcia got the, or not, wow, <laughs> Luis Castillo, my bad. Luis Castillo uh, got the start for the Mariners uh, going up against Garrett Cole. Um, and uh, this was an awesome pitching performance. Luis Castillo pitches eight scoreless innings, only gives up two hits. He strikes out uh, seven batters, um, and uh, he walks a couple of batters, but those walks do not hurt him. Uh, Luis Castillo was outstanding uh, with his eight scoreless innings of dominant baseball, really had command of all of his pitches, um, and uh, man, he was just on his game. And uh, Garrett Cole really matched that intensity with seven scoreless innings of his own. He only gave up four hits, struck out uh, eight batters, and um, no walks. So Garrett Cole was on his game as well. And both of these bullpens, this became the the battle of the bullpens. And, um, man, it was awesome. Um, you know, the Mariners, uh, defensively, uh, they really showed why they are the number one uh, ranked defense right now in the major leagues. Uh, they turned some incredible double plays uh, in this game. Uh, they were really helped out by some poor base running by the Yankees, uh, but they were able to take advantage of that. Um, and uh, incredible double plays turned uh, by Adam Frazier, uh, who made a leaping double play 
in extra innings. Um, and also uh, Matt Brash uh, started an incredible double play as well with an incredible backhanded play um, and a throw over to Eugenio Suarez, uh, who um, turned uh, the second part of that double play. Um, and uh, like I said, Mariners' bullpen was outstanding in this game. Uh, really good pitching by Andres Munoz in the ninth inning when he took over for Luis Castillo. Um, going up against uh, the heart of this Yankees lineup, he struck out DJ LeMayhew, Aaron Judge, and Andrew Benintendi. Um, and um, and then uh, solid uh, pitching uh, by um, Paul Sewalt in the 10th inning and uh, solid pitching also by Matt Festa in the 11th inning. And um, Matt Brash pitched two scoreless innings and ended up getting the win in this ballgame. Um, and uh, the unlikely hero in the bottom of the 13th, Luis Torrens coming off the bench and hitting a walk-off base hit to give the Mariners a one to nothing win in this ballgame. Incredible ballgame in front of 38,000 fans. Um, I was privileged uh, to say that I was uh, one of those 38,000 fans, um, you know, who was, um, you know, just uh, yelling and, um, you know, going crazy um, in that one to nothing win. Um, and uh, what a ball game. Uh, this might have been not only the best game of the season for the Mariners, uh, but, um, you know, this might have been uh, the game of the year in MLB. Um, you know, just so crazy to see this game go 13 innings before a run was put on the board, especially with that new role um, with a runner, a ghost runner on at second base in extra innings. Uh, but uh, what an incredible ball game. Mariners go on to win that game. Final score of one to nothing. Um, and game three, that was another incredible ball game as well. Um, another game that I was really excited uh, to uh, watch um, at T-Mobile Park. Another really good pitcher's duel between Robbie Ray and uh, Nestor Cortez. Um, this game was scoreless for a while um, until the sixth inning. Um, and uh, actually, uh, the Mariners were being no hit uh, going into the bottom of the sixth inning um, until Sam Haggerty continues to really just impress everybody. And, um, you know, he um, has you know, really forced Scott Service to find a way to put him in the lineup every day. Um, and he continues to come through. He breaks up the no-hitter by Nestor Cortez in the sixth inning with a home run um, on a ball that just um, stays fair right next to the foul pole. Um, a, a home run down the right field line. And uh, this gives the Mariners an early one to nothing lead. The, four, the fourth home run of the season uh, for Sam Haggerty. Uh, this was a solo home run in the sixth inning to give the Mariners a one to nothing lead. But then here come the Yankees in the seventh. Uh, Robbie Ray um, was really uh, pitching around uh, some traffic all game. Uh, he ended up walking five batters in this ball game, uh, but the walk finally came around to hurt him um, as uh, Kyle Higashioka hits a two run home run to give the Yankees a two to one lead. Then Aaron Judge adds to the Yankees' lead with a solo home run, a long home run by Aaron Judge off of Penn Murphy to extend the Yankees' lead to 3-1. to one. But then here come the Mariners in the seventh inning. Nestor Cortez stays in the ballgame, 
and uh, Ty France hits a base hit. Then uh, Mitch Hanniger um, ends up uh, driving him in from second base after a long nine pitch at bat. Uh, he hits a base hit to make the score three to two. Um, and then uh, Carlos Santana puts the Mariners in front with a two run home run to give the Mariners a four to three lead over the Yankees. And the Mariners go on to win that game. Final score of four to three. The Mariners bullpen was incredible again. Um, really good pitching by Diego Castillo. Good to have him back off of the IL. Um, and uh, also um, uh, really uh, good pitching by Paul Seawall as he picks up his 15th save of the season. And the Mariners get the win. Final score of 4-3. to three. Uh, They have now improved their record in one-run ballgames to 27-14. and 14. Mariners now with a 61-52 and 52 record. Overall, um, and uh, now the Mariners um, get their first season series win over the Yankees since all the way back to 2002. So uh, what an incredible series win for the Mariners as they win the season series against the Yankees, four games to two. Um, This was awesome. It was great to be a part of what Jesse Winker calls the electric factory. and, uh, you know, it was awesome. So uh, really happy that I was able to be a part of that. And uh, what a series. Um, great to see the Mariners win that series. And, um, you know, now the Mariners get ready uh, to go to Texas. Uh, travel day today. Um, and uh, they will take on the Texas Rangers um, in a big three-game series. So, um, you know, uh, really looking forward to that. Hopefully the Mariners could uh, really get the offense going in Texas. I know they really like to swing the bats in Texas. Um, so hopefully, um, you know, they could put up a lot of runs and, um, hopefully at least get another series win. So, uh, Mariners have really played well against the Rangers this season and, uh, hopefully that will continue. Um, so, you know, we'll see how that goes. Uh, but, um, wow. Once again, what a series. So, um, that's my thoughts on everything Mariners baseball. Um, now I just want to leave you guys uh, with a little bit of an encouraging word. Uh, before I go, um, an encouraging word uh, from Tim Tebow. Um, you know, he shared something uh, really incredible um, on Caleb in uh, one of those uh, one minute of one minute one minute of encouraging uh, words of the day. Um, you know, uh, Tim Tebow uh, was uh, talking about uh, one of the worst trades, uh, not only in uh, Major League Baseball history, but in sports history. Um, he talked about. Uh, when Babe Ruth uh, was traded from the Boston Red Sox uh, to the New York Yankees and how, you know, Boston Red Sox fans will tell you that that was one of the worst trades in sports history. Um, But then Tim Tebow went out to talk about uh, the best trade uh, that ever happened in history. Um, And uh, Tim Tebow talked about, uh, about when uh, Jesus uh, gave up his life for all of us. Uh, Tim Tebow talked about when uh, Jesus died on the cross and three days later, God raised him from the dead so that all who believe in him will be saved. Um, the Bible says in uh, John chapter 11, verse 5, uh, Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even after death. Um, and uh You know, in the next verse, uh, Jesus goes on to ask this very important question. Do you believe this? 
Uh, do you believe that Jesus is the resurrection and the life? Uh, do you believe that Jesus died on the cross and three days later God raised him from the dead um, so that you could be saved? Um, you know, Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Um, and when we accept Jesus Christ into our heart um, and into our lives, um, you know, um, when we die here on this earth or when Jesus returns uh, to take us home, um, we will spend eternity with him in heaven. Um, you know, that's what Jesus is talking about when he says, uh, he who believes in me will live even after death. Um, you know, we will spend eternity in heaven uh, with Jesus uh, someday and someday very soon. Uh, we all need to be ready because Jesus is coming soon and we don't know when. We don't know, uh, you know, the day or the hour, but we do know that Jesus is coming soon and we need to be ready. So I just want to leave you guys with that. Thank you guys for listening. God bless you guys. Always remember that God is love and God loves you and God is good all the time. Thank you guys for listening. God bless you guys. See you next time. Go Mariners and go Hawks.